don't have enough time to sit down and read all the best Bitcoin articles? Well, let us read them for you. This is a Crypto Economy Quick Read. What is up, Crypto Economy crew? Welcome back to the show. We have got a fun one today. It's a really short little read, but I think it's a really good one. And it's one that it's a topic that has always kind of bugged me because it's kind of it's difficult to argue. I think Zach does a great job. This is by Zach Vol, by the way. Um, if you don't know him, uh, you should definitely be following him on Twitter. That's Z A C K V O E L L, and that's actually his Twitter tag. Um, so uh, I will link to all of his stuff and the social media in the post. So it should be pretty easy to find. But I want to read his article today titled, Sorry, Bitcoin is still anarchist. Because I've always had a bit of an issue uh, around the argument. It's, it's one of those things where it seems so obvious that Bitcoin is a political technology or that its political implications are so uh, profound that it's a little dumbfounding. Like it's it's almost hard to make the argument that Bitcoin is anarchist because it seems so obvious that it is to me at, at times. So uh, we will let Zach do the arguing for us in his article, and then I will add my own commentary at the end. We'll talk about it a little bit. Um, but uh, I hope you guys like this one. Again, it's by Zach Vol, and it is titled "Sorry, Bitcoin is Still." Anarchist. In 10 years, Bitcoin has matured from a tinker toy for cypherpunks into a global financial network that services dictators, Democrats, revolutionaries, the alt-right, disadvantaged entrepreneurs, and financial industry titans. Bitcoin's user identity agnosticism leads some pundits to mistakenly conclude that Bitcoin has evolved into an apolitical and domesticated technology, such that its anarchist origins are relevant only as a historical context for IBM's tomato tracker. These enduring misconceptions deserve a brief rebuttal with the hope of preventing other users from interfacing with a technology they misunderstand. Bitcoin is aggressively anarchist, undomesticable, and always will be. Note, I'm not an anarchist. Anarchy is misunderstood. Apolitical conceptions of Bitcoin are largely the result of an inability to reconcile society's persistent misunderstanding of anarchy with Bitcoin's early success. Most definitions of anarchy borrow from the platonic idea of disorder, chaos, and a generally undesirable social state, which erroneously conflates a political theory with a set of possible social effects. Surely anarchy, aka chaos, as a protocol, aka Bitcoin, could never scale to a global $100 billion network with a 99.98% uptime. To wit, it can. Anarchy is simply the absence of government. Chaos is optional. Bitcoin pioneers this idea within the scope of monetary policy, borrowing from nearly three decades of research by academics and cypherpunk practitioners. 
and an unpayable debt is owed to the crypto anarchists who nurtured Bitcoin early on. But Bitcoin no longer exclusively interests anarchists, which is a success according to cypherpunks. Bitcoin is for everyone. Even the famous, quote, Chancellor on brink of bailout headline hints at Bitcoin's universal utility as a tool for anyone seeking alternatives to legacy financial services and sovereign monies. Apolitical Bitcoiners hijack this inclusivity as evidence of Bitcoin's intrinsic political neutrality. Critically, inclusivity is a key tenet of anarchism. Users don't need to wholesale adopt an anarchist political agenda, but an increasingly diverse user base doesn't support apolitical messaging. It actually highlights this specific virtue of anarchy embodied in a protocol. Put simply, using Bitcoin is monetary anarchist politicking. Jameson Law, quote, There is no website, forum, social media account, foundation, code repository, conference, enterprise alliance, or organization of any kind that defines Bitcoin, much to the consternation of those seeking control. This is why Bitcoin cannot be captured. End quote. Protocols aren't apolitical. Too many longtime Bitcoiners support an alternate apolitical narrative that suggests Bitcoin is just a protocol. Computer code and technology per se are presumed to be politically neutral. In truth, most new technologies are politically innocuous, since most innovation is minor, simple variations on a theme. Government involvement is usually limited to mediating the clash between incumbents and innovators. Rarely is government the incumbent. Problems with this narrative are twofold. First, it suffers from overly reductive and abstract reasoning that ignores Bitcoin's historical context, its purpose, and the direct socioeconomic fallout of bootstrapping a non-sovereign, global value transfer network. Bitcoin explicitly targets any central bank's ability to inflate, depreciate, and otherwise manipulate its currency. How much more political can a thing be that introduces an alternative experimental system to challenge the established fiat money regime? Second, Bitcoin is de facto political because money is. Any attempt to compete with or usurp a state's currency monopoly is nothing if not political. If Bitcoin can become apolitical is an open question, though. Maybe a hyper-Bitcoinized world can purge money of its political entanglements, but probably not. To the extent that disestablishmentarianism didn't depoliticize religion forever, separating money and state won't either. Politics is a difficult stain to bleach. Bitcoin is undomesticable. Perhaps the most bizarre non-anarchist narrative frames Bitcoin as something domesticated. Hasib Qureshi argues, quote, Bitcoin is not actually a threat to sovereigns. In fact, Bitcoin might just be the most sovereign-friendly cryptocurrency, end quote. Tyler Battalion continues, quote, 
powerful tools always find their way into powerful hands, and pretending to be subversive well after our technology has been co-opted is a bad look." End quote. Monetary anarchism is, quote, sovereign-friendly only in a world where bureaucrats are eager to stop levying taxes and playing monetary policy, or where one is insulated from the real world that bans Bitcoin's use, arrests its miners, and creates counterfeits. Regulatory capture also doesn't make an anarchist protocol regulator-friendly. It only confirms the hard death of old habits. A fundamental misunderstanding of why Bitcoin is and what it tries to be informs a sovereign-friendly conception of Bitcoin. State-led attacks on Bitcoin don't stop a handful of enthusiasts from actively encouraging governments to buy Bitcoin, though. For example, Ghana and Barbados. Nonprofit organizations like Coin Center also endure the thankless work of educating policymakers about Bitcoin and advocating for cautious, light-touch regulation of other digital assets. Anyone can opt into Bitcoin, lawmakers included. Anarchy ensures this. But Bitcoin was a new Wild West, certainly still is, and probably always will be. The best anyone can do is adjust their reality to Bitcoin's existence and expect Bitcoin to not reciprocate. But Bitcoin has been co-opted. By whom? Using Bitcoin definitely doesn't qualify, and crediting any of the nearly innumerable copycat coins with such a feat is absurd. Some journalists settle for blaming Bitcoin's own financial and corporate infrastructure as co-optive, while other critics assume that regulatory approval for certain investment tools tames this unruly anarchism. Sadly, these hot takes succumb to elementary reasoning flaws. As for infrastructure, every investor, entrepreneur, and developer who approaches Bitcoin should rest easy knowing their efforts are unlikely to have any material long-term effect on the protocol's use and development. Indeed, the only viable business model for building on Bitcoin is to improve existing resources for interfacing with the protocol. This directly affects various user demographics, but not the protocol itself. Concerning regulatory approval, pro-Bitcoin politics might have an important short-term effect on mainstream adoption. But attentive readers understanding the fallacious inference are supporting the idea that a subsequent lack of regulatory support would hurt adoption. Indeed, exploiting political infrastructures to educate future investors, i.e. lawmakers, and ease the transition to anarchic financial systems is quite rational and should continue. Conclusion if Bitcoin becomes a universally accepted money, every government's respective currency monopoly will have ended. High-level narratives about how this experiment should develop change constantly, but any effort to analyze Bitcoin's successes and failures sans a political and anarchic understanding are futile. Bitcoin is unavoidably political, inherently anarchist, and invulnerable to being co-opted or domesticated. Given this proper understanding, everyone faces four choices. 
ignore it, attack it, build a knockoff, or use it. The last option makes the most sense, just in case it catches on. All right, and that will close out Zach Vol's article. Um, don't forget to check him out on Twitter. That's at Z-A-C-K-V-O-E-L-L. Obviously, again, I will tag him and uh, share a link to the Medium post. Now, one thing to note, this thing is absolutely packed with links. I usually go through, and particularly on ones on topics that I enjoy, or like, because I'll go through a lot of the links a lot of times when I read these things, um, but this thing has so many links in it that it would take me half the day to just go through each one of them. Um, I, I actually started my usual habit of, uh, of saying link whenever I went over a word that had a link, um, but the first paragraph is so many links in it that it sounded nonsensical when I was reading it out loud. I was like, Bitcoin has matured from a tinker toy link for cypherpunks into a global financial network that services dictators link, Democrats link, revolutionaries link, and the alt-right link. Like it just, it, it went, got really obnoxious really fast. So I stopped that immediately. Um, but there is tons of further digging. So I definitely encourage you to go um, check out the article. And best of all, he's got a recommended reading list at the end. I love it when authors give me a reading list of where they got their ideas or things that they stumbled across. That's actually where I found it was Hugo Nguyen, um, I mentioned before, who uh, recommended reading um, uh, The Drunkard's Walk, uh, How Randomness Rules Our Lives. And that was an absolutely fascinating book. Um, so I love recommendations to read other things. And there's a good, there's a couple of really good things in this list that I, I know the Paul Krugman Bitcoin is evil is hilarious. Um, but uh, uh, there's a number of things to read in that list that I think could be worthwhile. And I might be checking out the handful that I have not seen before. So definitely go check out the article and explore the long list of links and further reading on this topic um, because there is a ton of good stuff in here. I, I know a number of the things just going through them, but there's probably a week. I could probably spend a week here just going through all this stuff if I had the time. Um, so definitely encourage you to do that. And don't forget to drop some applause on this article. Uh, I thought this was a really great, succinct argument on the topic that really does hit the points home. The fact that people are using um, Bitcoin from all walks of life and all political uh, persuasions has nothing to do with whether Bitcoin is anarchist or not, and in fact is a key tenet of the, and the anarchism of the protocol. If it wasn't anarchist, then it could not satisfy or it could not it would not have the social scalability to be across all political persuasions. Um, that's one of the things about anarchism is anarchism doesn't care what you think. It's about cooperating regardless of what you think. Um, it's the absence of government coercion. So um, uh, I just thought this was a really cool article, um, fun, short little read, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as I did. All right, we will close this one here. Um, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at The Crypto Economy. I am on Mastodon as well. Uh, you can check out the r slash cryptoeconomy subreddit. I have my uh, posts automatically hitting that website now. Um, so if you leave any comments on it, 
Um, of course, it's actually, uh, I'll be quicker to respond if you um, leave a response on cryptoeconomy.life because I'm checking the website constantly now and trying to keep it updated. Um, so check me out up there. Go to cryptoeconomy.life. There is an ocean of stuff by all kinds of people up there. And uh, I would bet, I'd be willing to put money on it, that we're going to read something by Zach Vol again in the future. Um, and uh, as I start getting all of these things organized so that I've been told by many people and I have had a lot of frustration myself trying to look through the history of my own articles that I've read. So I am going to try to figure out a good way to organize this stuff. I'm going to try to, plans right now are to have it uh, organized by authors, um, organized by topic, and then uh, build playlists like I have with the Lightning Network collection. Um, I've only got one collection out, that's the Lightning Network, but definitely check it out. I've got over 11 hours of reading material from just the Lightning Network. So that's an awesome resource if you were trying to learn, take a deep dive into everything about the Lightning Network. So check out CryptoEconomy.life. Um, if you can and you would like to donate to the show, please, that is absolutely awesome and I super, super appreciate it. It helps keep my uh, coffee mug full and keeps these episodes coming. Uh, so thank you to anyone who has done that in the past. And my new donation addresses will be going to my Casa node. So you'll be uh, providing... Uh, liquidity to the Lightning Network as well. I'm going to just try to start opening channels with all this and hold any donations I get for as long as possible. Um, I hope everybody's doing okay with the, with the big red candle we have today in the, in the markets. Um, a little nasty, but you know, business as usual. Bitcoin's volatility is coming back. That's actually good news. Bitcoin's volatility is fun. So we will be here as always. Don't forget to check out the website I will catch you all here tomorrow with another episode of the Crypto Economy Podcast. All right, guys, take it easy.